Welcome back, everyone. This is episode two of series two of the Voices from the Northeast podcast. If you've been listening to Series 2, then you'll know that for the first few episodes, we are talking about food. That thing we've probably uh, all eaten a little bit more than we meant to uh, over the Easter break, let alone lockdown in general. So in today's episode, we're going to talk to Neil and Eleanor, those wonderful raconteurs, about everything from the fish man that used to come down your lane to fish and chips wrapped in real newspaper and a whole range of strange meat cuts that you don't see nowadays. Everything from tongue to pig's trotter on your table. In fact, my reference for a pig's trotter is doing school biology class, certainly not having it boiled up and eating the meat off of it at the kitchen table. Okay, as always, this is uh, Neil Nelner's take on their memories, so there is a lot of laughter ahead, and Neil's wonderful uh, jokes and I'm going to say wonderful because he's a friend (laughs) Uh, you're definitely in for a wonderful trip down memory lane um, and a good giggle there's a little bit more of me talking in this one because it's a bit of back and forth conversation Um, enjoy right now morning podcasters um, this is Neil speaking. Now, did your mum mention the uh, running order for um, for dinners? No, she didn't. She didn't. No. Right. Well, in the, in the old days, when I when I were a lad. Um, so so what are we talking here, Neil? The nineteen twenties. That's just about right. I in yeah. the uh, in the nineteen fifties, certainly there was a. There was a running order, and I think just about every household, every mother, every grandma had exactly the same thing. Mondays, I remember, was always fry up, and that was meat and vegetables. Whatever was left from Sunday dinner was put in a frying pan, a huge frying pan, and fried up. You know, the reason for that being, it was a bit like having a carry-out nowadays. It was for ease, because Mondays was always wash day. And, of course, wash days in them days wasn't a case of putting the stuff in the washing machine and then putting it in the tumble dryer. You had the post sticks and, and stuff like that, and you had the mangle. So it was, uh, it was all very much uh, labour-intensive. So it meant the women were in the wash house with the postic, with the mangle, and and I think it was just a tradition that carried on. So Mondays was always fry up day. Nice. Now I'm gonna go back a day to Sundays because Sunday lunches weren't what they are nowadays. Weren't they? Mm-hmm. No, they weren't. I'm pleased to ask <laughs> that Paul. Do no. tell me, do tell. <laughs> you know, nowadays People regularly have chicken. Now, chicken was kept for special occasions. Chicken was Easter or for Christmas. 
it was nearly always beef or lamb. Oh. So chicken was a real a real treat. You very rarely got chicken on a Sunday. It was nearly always beef. And of course, when you cooked the beef, what did you get from that, viewers? Oh, listeners, beef dripping. Oh, there's a few people have mentioned this already on Facebook, that beef dripping sandwich. I have to admit, I absolutely love that still. A beef dripping was salt on. Now, I was never keen of cold dripping on bread. No. But I did like to dip a bit of bread in the hot beef dripping. Yeah, Fred. I mean, me granny used to give like the, the crust end of bread, you know, the unpopular bit of bread when I was a kid anyway. And that was how she got rid of that to me, which that's what she would dip into that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Hot beef dripping with salt on. Cholesterol free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I liked, as well as the hot dripping, I liked the cold. Ooh. Yes, it was absolutely beautiful when it was just left in the in a, in a, an earthenware pot to to harden up, and then eventually, or, or slightly, and then you would spread that on a on a slice of bread and put some salt on, and the taste was absolutely beautiful, really nice. But of, nice. But of course, most of the most of the stuff. It was probably grown, a lot of it was grown in people's gardens or allotments, which we're going to move on to in a different podcast. But most of the stuff mm. was, was homegrown. And in that respect, it was always sort of meat and two veg in a, either a milk pudding or a suet pudding. Ooh. And, that was, and that was every day. And it was, it was nearly always the same. If you had lamb on a Tuesday, you would have lamb on a Tuesday. If you had corned beef on a Wednesday, it would be every Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> and it was nearly always fish on a Friday. Sausage and mash. Why? Sausage, sausage and mash. But Fridays was fish. Fish Friday. Fish Friday. And I don't think it had anything to do with religion. Really, it was just you had fish on Fridays. Other than when it was Easter, of course. Yeah. So um, nearly everybody had fish. And of course, the fish man used to come, the wet fish man used to come around the street. Oh, do, do explain the wet fish man, please, Neil. Oh, yes. Well, the, the wet fish man um, used to come around the street and you would go out and buy. And he, the choice of his fish was exceptional, really. Bear in mind, he just had it on a, on a cart. And I remember... It, Later in later days, he had a little van, and, mm. and the fish would be whole. And you would say, "Right, I'll have three, four, five fillets," and he would actually fillet the fish there and then. Gosh, uh, yeah. and and if you want, if you had a cat or anything like that, you could get the heads. He would give you the heads that you could boil up for the cats. Um, oh, right. yeah. So, again. Them days, very little went to waste. Well, yeah, yeah. We we talked a bit in the in the first podcast with Mam about how um food, not just food eating, but um and and growing and stuff habits have changed, but kind of buying. And I mean that's a huge change there, isn't it? Having the fish man come round with a cart compared to now when you go, you know, you go go to the supermarket. There's not many fishmongers, sadly, in in little towns and stuff now. Um, 
Well, but he again, he was it was regular. You knew what time the fish man would come down your street. Then yeah. it was again, it, he was reliable. It, people mm. used to queue and get their get their fillets. I mean, we did. I remember when I lived with me me grandma King. They had a there was a fish shop called Polly's on First Avenue. Now, Polly was an old lady. She probably, in my eyes, was like 100 years old. She might, she might have only been 50 or 60, but she seemed, a really, <laughs> she seemed a really old lady. Now, Polly ran the fish shop by herself. She had a coal range, which she had a little shovel, which she used to keep the coal range going, and if you took newspapers in, if you had a certain amount of newspapers, you get threepence worth of chips for nothing. <laughs> she used to she used to put the put the newspapers on the bench, cut them in half, and then you would get your fish and chips or whatever. And it was nearly always fish and chips. It wasn't sort of burgers or chip yeah, no, no, it was you could either have fish and chips. Or you could have fish and chips. <laughs> or you could have chips. Or you could have fish. Or fish and chips. <laughs> but that was about the uh, that was about your choice. And I remember Polly used to put a couple of shovelfuls of coal on with a little black black handled shovel. Lick her finger, get the new get the newspaper, get the chips, get the chips. She didn't use her hands for the chips, but Put the, no. the fish and chips in a bit of um, greaseproof paper and then straight into the um, into the newspaper. Our hands were as black as the range. Yeah, I bet. I bet all the newspaper print. Our tongue <laughs> was black. I remember oh. where she used to where she used to lick her finger. <laughs> oh. But having said that. I don't think anybody caught anything from Polly. <laughs> no, no. And I bet the chips tasted. Oh, they were good. lovely. And of course, oh, you had you had the choice. You could either have salt, or vinegar, or both. I mean, you know, in the days, it was just endless, wasn't it? <laughs> well, and eating them out of the paper was the best. Ah, uh, you you eat them out of the paper, and even when you got home with them, you just still sat and ate them out of the paper. Then, oh, Elna, yeah. you still prefer your fish and chips out of the paper, don't you? Do, yes, yes, when I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not many places still do it, even with grease paper. It's all um, the sort of semi cardboard box things now. Well, it is. It? And even the, even if you get newspapers, it's like false newspaper. Yeah, yeah, it's not the it's not the same. I do I do remember rolling the uh, paper out of my granny's on the little table she had for me, so I could sit in front of the TV. Uh, in, and on, on the hearth rug, uh, with a uh, with a bag of chips unfilled across it, and and she used to put a plate underneath that to stop the grease going through, but it didn't actually eat them off the plate. It was always out the paper. Oh, so love that. I me, me nana in a in our later years used to think we were we were heathens for for eating eating the fish and chips out the paper because when I used to go to the chip shop, uh, me nana was a, in a late eighties then. And she used to always put the plates in to warm up. You never, you yeah. never got a meal at me nana's that wasn't on a hot plate. 
Yep. Yeah. And she used to say, oh, I've heated the plate up. And then I used to say, no, we're fine. We'll have it out the paper. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me, she would say. <laughs> and I remember, I remember my nana. She, it didn't matter when you went. If anybody went at lunchtime, it didn't matter what she was cooking. There always seemed to be enough for one or two more people. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, well, I, I've just got a little bit extra. You could have, you could just have some potatoes and some mushy peas. And she made the most lovely mushy peas. You could smell them. You could oh. smell them right way down the street. You thought, ooh, me nana's the good mushy peas. <laughs> <laughs> and she made the most glorious gravy, real thick gravy. So I used to go and sometimes have, uh, have a mushy pea sandwich. A mushy pea oh, sandwich. Yeah. Oh, wow. Lovely thick cut butter, cut bread rather. With, well, I, I don't think it was low pack. It was co-op butter. Yeah, I know what you mean though. My nana yeah. used to say, went to the co-op, which was at the end of the street on First Avenue. And you would go and they would have the, the barrel of butter behind the counter. Oh. And if whatever you wanted, a, a quarter or a half pound of butter, they were going to use like the cheese slice and and cut, oh, off, yes, yeah. cut off the amount of butter you wanted. And then they would fetch it onto the bench and pat it into the, a square shape and then put it, in, <laughs> put it in brown paper. And then you would come back home and you would use just about a half a pound of butter, put it on, on two slices of bread. I remember the, but, the butter used to be nearly as thick as the bread. <laughs> and then you put your hot mushy peas on, and then and then try and eat it because the mm. peas and the the melting butter would ooze. Be a right you know, runny I'm mess. Myself, I'm quite hungry here. Yeah. I bet you are. It's having that effect on me as well. I'm like, <laughs> luckily, I don't <laughs> like. Uh, luckily, I don't like mushy peas, Paul. So I'm fine. <laughs> you know, and a, and a bit of tomato sauce on top of that. Mm. Oh, yeah. happy days. Yeah, but it, I, I know when you had dinners at home, um, you always sat at the table when you had a meal. Yes. yes. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You weren't allowed to go and sit on a seat or go in the sitting room, and that you had to sit at the table till you finished your meal. And most of the time, you had to clear your plate. If you didn't yes. clear your plate, you didn't get a pudding. Yeah, yeah, I remember yes. that as well. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and I think it was nice that everybody sat round the table so you can have a little bit of a conversation with your mum and dad and your brothers and sisters rather than oh, sitting, definitely. listening yeah. to a television or whatever, you know? Yeah, quite agree, yeah. quite agree. Not to mention asking permission to leave the table That's when you were right. finished. That's right, yes, you did. Yes. No. I, for, I forgot to do that. I forgot to do that one day and I, I was there all night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember me, me dad used to tell a tale that breakfast time, you always had something for breakfast, whether it was toast, porridge, or quite often it was a, a soft boiled egg. And me dad used right. to always tell the tale that all he got for his breakfast was a slice of toast cut into soldiers, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. And 
me, me grandma would cut the top of the egg off, and, and me pig. dad, me dad would have the top of the egg, and his dad would have the egg, the, the egg because because oh, he wow. was the worker. He got so, uh, me dad would have the top of the egg for breakfast, and, and me, his dad would have the rest of the egg. No, it was like uh, when, when me mum and dad they used to. He used to say to me, no, look, we've got visitors coming for Sunday lunch. Now, we haven't got enough meat to go around. So when I come to say, say to you, because I was being my brother, do you want um, do you want some meat? She said, no, I'm not very hungry. And then we'll give the meat to the visitors. I said, all right, you are. So <laughs> they would come and say, uh, Barry, Neil, do you want some meat? No, we're not very hungry. Oh, okay, then. So there was always just enough meat to go around, and the visitors would get some. <laughs> and then it would come to pudding and me and my brother would say oh lovely pudding and my mother would always say no you can't have any pudding because you wouldn't eat the meat <laughs> so that meant there was enough pudding for the visitors as well <laughs> needless to say we didn't enjoy having visitors <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> well, that... if the doorbell rings at lunchtime you pretend you're not well, it, 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 it is funny how as Elna said, you just you sat at a table, and if visitors came, you would feed them. I, um, and yeah. I don't think me nana and pop, they were 94 when they died, and they've been dead quite a few years now, and I don't think they ever had a Chinese or a kebab ever in that <laughs> Ever in yeah. their life, that no. I don't think I don't yeah. think they knew what a Chinese carryout was. Yeah. Whereas I think we've got the flip side now, where we've got a lot of people who wouldn't know half the things we would list um, as some of the things you could cook at home, but they could tell you everything off the uh, menu in the local. Well, that's uh, right. Away. Which it's a bit of a shame, but the, <laughs> Very the days different. of meat and two veg. I mean, the government's trying to get back to that. And it never did us any harm, really, did no, it? No. I'm still sylph-like, even in me, me 71st year. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting point, actually, Neil. You know, you, we, we don't know what's in store the next few years, but we've, you know, we've seen over recent months kind of shops run out of various things and stuff because of the, the pandemic and because of Europe and all that stuff that's going on. Be very interesting to see if we get a bit of a um a resurgence in growing the odd veg in your garden and uh, people wanting allotments again all of a sudden over the next four or five to ten well, years even. Well, that's right, and I think what what will happen is people will say, "Oh well, we'll have strawberries when it's the English strawberry season." Yeah, there's a lot of stuff now that, I mean, I don't think seasons cross people's minds, do they really? Because we're so used to being able to have everything on demand. But we might have to go back to certain things that are well, seasonal. I did have, I did have um, calls to uh, actually get in touch with Asda one day, quite a while ago now. We'll try to buy British apples. And of uh, all the mm. choices of apples in Asda... That didn't have a British grown apple. So oh, I, did, I did send them an email and they said, Oh, yeah, well, they should have had 
but clearly they didn't have any on the shelves. Right. And, sure. I, and I have mm -hmm. taken notice since then, and that choice of British apples still isn't that great. Bear in mind, we do grow a lot of different species of apples in this uh, in this country. So, so yeah, yeah. It's the difference of the the economics of the situation is we'll probably grow a lot of them to sell deliberately sell abroad, um, and buy a lot in from abroad. Weirdly enough, do you know what I mean? Like in, we have this mental idea that we um this mental illusion that we um we uh, we can be the little island grow our own and sustain ourselves type of thing but actually the economics need to seriously change on that because we've we've had decades and decades of growing our own but shipping it well, then that's off right. abroad. and i think you know dig dig for victory we could we could end up doing the <laughs> same thing you know yeah Definitely. Well, we'll not go down that road too far because we're going to do a full podcast about those allotments and why we might yeah, go I mean, back to that. Have the actually, Paul, you might be. You're quite good with history. Um, has the mm. um, we didn't have any. I was born in '49. Now the um, they still had the uh, what do you call it on till rationing. Right. Has that finished? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it has. A long time ago. <laughs> what, what? It has, but you might want to still keep I've still got it, yes. <laughs> you haven't got your ration. But I mean, that was a, that was another thing. I was born in <laughs> 49. No, rationing didn't finish till 54, I think. Yeah, it was, so, it was in so the 50s. Was like yeah, five years of my life that I never had a banana. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's done yes. any harm or not. <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear me. Dear me. That's really all I can think of, isn't it? Uh, well, well, about, yeah. about yes, food. unless Paul wants, uh, thinks of a question about uh, Dennis. But it was good. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask a little bit about puddings. Um, we talked a lot about dinners, and we mentioned that you kind of had milk-based pudding or, or bread-based pudding and, and some stuff. But I wondered if you had a favourite pudding of, of Ooh, yesteryear. I'll tell you what, rice pudding. That was. Uh, how do you like it? Is this a thick kind of stand? Yes, no. I used to or... like my rice pudding runny and very sweet, but for some reason. I never used to like the brown skin on the top. And that was Eleanor's favourite, wasn't it? Oh, you used to enjoy yes. the skin. Yes. Me and the kids always took the skin off the rice pudding when I made it. And you just got the pudding without the skin on. Oh, but I used to like mine runny, not not thick. Um, and yeah. it was all sorts of puddings like that. I was never, you never used to get like eating mess. No. I mean, it was, we, we just didn't have eating mess. No. What was, it was that? Semolina, uh, tapioca. Oh. Um, and then, of course, you had your yeah, um, suet puddings, which. So, what was it? What, I mean, apart from suet, what's in this? I was going to say, what's in a Rhubarb. suet pudding? But that Rhubarb, well, question. apple. Uh -oh. Apple and. Um, uh, Sultanas, I think it was. Or, oh, spotted or dick. Spotted dick. Yes. You used to like a bit of spotted dick, didn't you, dear? Yes, spotted dick. 
and uh, yes. well, I mean, you, you, so, apple pie and custard as well. And I mean, the custard was always mm. made from scratch. It wasn't uh, tins of custard in them days. <laughs> you had the custard powder. Oh, yeah, it wasn't ambrosia. Uh, which I had to do. Ooh. But And here's the one to use up the stale bread. Bread and butter pudding. Oh, yes. Yes. Bread and butter pudding. I do yes, like so bread and butter pudding. But that was a way actually. of getting rid of the... As long as it's gone a bit crispy <laughs> yeah. on the top. That was a way of getting rid of the stale bread. And again, well, yes, you see, we're yeah, back there exactly. not throwing anything away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are the kind of waste that... And but because so many of those recipes are forgotten, or are not forgotten by one generation, but are almost unaware of to another, there's so much more waste but coming back in. Have you them. noticed now, when you, even when you go to a pub, they seem to have something like spotted dick or something like that on the oh. menu or jam roly-poly. Apple, apple crumble. Oh, jam roly-poly. Mm -hmm. Apple crumble. Well, true. Mind you, I haven't been to a pub in over a year, like, so I don't know what they've got on the menu <laughs> it's now. Probably the, it's probably the, <laughs> the same apple crumble ready to be reheated. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep this, we'll keep this oh, apple crumble to one side for when we're going to lockdown. <laughs> yeah. And of course, was it your dad or your pop used to have Yorkshire pudding as a sweet? Oh, I, if, if there was Yorkshire puddings left after the Sunday dinner, my dad used to put um, uh, golden syrup Golden syrup on a Yorkshire mm -hmm. and have that as his dessert. Good lord! Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not sure if because uh, something else has just sprung to my mind, as as things do. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, my nana used to make me pop pigs trotters. She used to boil oh. pigs trotters. And my pop would sit, I remember, and suck the meat. Oh. They were that tender. He would suck the meat off the bones because there was a million bones in a pig's trotter. And he, and he used to just sit and suck the yeah, meat yeah. Off, off the pig's trotter. <laughs> it spit the bones out. I'm thinking, oh, dear me. Oh. And, of course, <laughs> then there was calves' brains. Mm. Calves brains Lovely. jelly. Calves foot jelly. Calves foot oh my jelly. Goodness. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, my mum never did anything like oh. that. My nana did and my pop enjoyed it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that my mum mm. or my dad actually had a thought that was a favourite. But certainly my pop, he he did enjoy that type of thing. Oh, oh, and another one. He has wow. another one. Yep, yep. Listeners will remember. Tripe. Tripe. Animal oh stomach. Tripe. Boiled. Oh. Boiled in milk with onions. An absolute favourite of my nana and pop. It, it used to stink. Wow. Tripe. Oh. I'll bet that Goodness brings some me. memories back for some of your readers. Tripe. It probably it, it probably brings some people's lunch back. To be honest, you see a lot of liver and kidneys as well, and 
when we were little, harder than but my mum and dad. My Liver and kidney. I mean, me. I'm sure I've heard my mum and dad talk about me dad's mum making tongue. Oh, wait, obviously not making tongue. You know, like oh, tongue ox, sandwiches ox or something tongue. like that. I'm sure you could buy. Uh, you could buy. You could yeah. go to the butchers and buy a tongue. Yeah. Oh wow. Gosh, different, totally different. I mean, like couple of generations down the line and realistically the supermarkets don't even reflect it do they in, in many ways you yeah, know what, you what can, once you was you can still buy tongue or you could i've never looked for it for a while but you can still buy but it is sliced like a ham you know uh so it's in packet. right uh, yeah yes yeah, not like it's not like no, a, a tongue no, sitting on the now. side of the shutter. <laughs> no, I mean I remember you could buy a tongue and it was like it was like a long length of um fillet steak. Oh, only it was very dark coloured. Uh, yes. Of course they, yeah. they were they were mainly of a male a male beast because the, the female beasts tongues were worn away. I think <laughs> I think that's still <laughs> true. <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> Dear me. <laughs> Jokes don't get any better. <laughs> Dear me. Dear me. Well, before yeah. your tongue runs out, Neil, um, I tell you what, we'll hit we're hitting the half hour mark there, so I think we might uh we wrap the podcast well, up there for people, been, I think. Uh, it's been it's lovely not a bad again stopping point. reminisce. <laughs> yeah. it's, actually, it's amazing the things <laughs> you think to yourself. How can we talk about food? We don't know anything about it. However, there's a half an hour we'll put in. <laughs> well, yes, you you can. I I, I, very little yeah. I can remember other than the variety of meals. You had more fun with your, your meals Ooh, than your grandparents. The ice cream man, he used to come down the street as well, and we used to go out with a jug, a well, jug, a bowl. or, or, or a, a jug bowl, for ice cream. And you, you would say, we'll have oh, wow. four, five, or six scoops or whatever, and then run back in the house before the melted. <laughs> ah, the ice cream a, man, that was a, a treat. <laughs> ah, that was a treat. Yes. And it was like when we used to, my mum used to send us to the uh, the corner shop. To get some double cream, some whipped cream, and she used to send us with a jug, and you and you get a half a pint of wow. whipped cream. Oh, it was lush that. Oh, gosh, totally different, yes. isn't it? Totally different. Right, well, I'm going to whip off and go and get myself a, <laughs> a, a bit of ice cream now. Then, I think. Uh, I... <laughs> might might even well, it and very nice too. To <laughs> Enjoy, Paul. <laughs> And you. We'll do. Take care. You This is the wonders of doing this podcast. Um, I've said it so many times. This is why I enjoy it. 
but when a conversation like that just flows and you know extra memories pop up it's wonderful it really is i know that our regular voices on the show you know my mom and dad neil nelner uh, jacqueline they all make a few notes before we actually speak so that they've got um, a flow to their conversation but as you heard and the reason i left that as a much more of a conversational interview um, than i maybe do for others is because when the extra memories come flooding back you kind of want to go into those a little bit and give people the opportunity to share them a bit more and it's lovely when that happens and i absolutely love doing it love recording that and sitting here listening we really are capturing uh, bits of history that don't sit in the uh, history books do they so i hope that brought back some wonderful memories for everybody i really do um Wonderful to hear about the, uh, the the kind of chip shop where everything was cooked on the range. That must have been incredible. I bet the chips tasted totally different then as well. I just bet they did. Um, not to mention, you, I mean, you don't remember it now. I'm sure many people will, but some people might not. But like when you got a chip that actually had newspaper print on it, you know, you got like, the reverse mirror image of, of some headline on, on the chip. And then you still ate it. Um, not to mention, you know, all the different foods like the pig's trotter. I really I can't get over having that boiled and, and, and eaten. And also, I'm, I might actually experiment this Sunday coming, and uh, if there's Yorkshire puddings in the Sunday dinner, I might keep one back just to pour some golden syrup on it, uh, like Neil's Pop, and see what that was like. I will do an update, um, maybe in the next episode, if it's any good. <laughs> it's like a recommendation. Does anybody else do anything a bit odd like that? Um, I mean, I know people that cook their carrots in honey, but that's a totally different thing, isn't it? That's not keeping a carrot back for after dinner and pouring honey on it. Hey, gosh. And and then the conversation, you know, flowed into the uh, growing your own and cooking your own and, and the change in um, what we've got in the shops. And we talked a little bit about that in episode one. Um, you know, we might find ourselves over coming years um, changing our habits a bit or having them changed for us and having to accept... Um, you know, seasonal food again. Um, that that'll be interesting. And then there's lots of recipes that are disappearing. I think as well. Um, uh, you know, it's a very rare thing to sort of make um, bread and butter pudding at home. Um, that's almost a treat now. Whereas, as Neil points out, you know, it was a way of using up the bread. Um, so it was probably consumed a bit more often than it is now. Real interesting change in our habits. Well, we're going to close the episode off there because that's a fairly uh, lengthy episode for us. I hope, I really hope people are still enjoying this. It's it's lovely to see our numbers climbing. We're over 500 listeners now and um, it, it's really lovely. It's great to, to interact with people on Facebook more as well when, uh, when I ask you to share your memories. I do have a chunk of new memories to share. I'm going to put those in episode three. I shared some in episode one. So if you haven't already heard those, uh, scroll back, play episode one, see if your memory on Facebook is shared in that episode. And I'm going to give it a few more days for some extra memories to be shared in that Facebook post I put in Ashington Remembered. And uh, and then I'll share uh, some of those in episode three when I'm hoping to talk to Jacqueline. Um, Once you've done that, those three episodes will be um, our food episode and then I'm hoping for episode four uh, Neil touched on it a little bit there that we're going to talk about allotments now as a, a preview uh, to allotments I um, I spent a lot of my childhood on my granddad's allotment and uh, then my mum and dad had an allotment 
which would it was the allotments just behind I love that I'm pointing with my hand here you can't see that but I am um, <laughs> I'm probably not even pointing in the right direction was behind um, what was then Hearst High School those wonderfully massive allotments there uh, my granddad had his there and his friends had the garden next door to him and we're going to talk all about that culture of growing your own but also just the culture of of the guys and girls down on the allotments and what that was like all right ladies and gentlemen take care of yourselves take care of your friends and your family stay safe and well and i will talk to you again very soon